Good morning, everybody. I'm glad six of y'all are having a good morning. Uh, man, I love that, that last song we sang. Uh, hallelujah, even here. Didn't Angela do great on it? Yeah. Sounded good. Uh, sometimes you just got to give them praise even when it's not going well. And even in the midst of the trial. When I was, when I was a kid, they used to sing a song called uh, Hallelujah Anyhow. <laughs> you know? It doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever the enemy of life wants to throw at you, you know what? Well, hallelujah. I'm going to praise God no matter what. Uh, and, and so no matter where you are today, whether you're in a good spot, in a challenged spot, uh, uh, grumpy, happy, whatever what, wherever you are, you are free to worship the Lord because uh, he's worthy. And that's really why we get together. Uh, we don't get together just so we can check something off and say, oh, well, there, I, I went to church. You know, no, you, we get together so that we can fellowship with him, glorify him, but so that we can also fellowship with each other. It's important. Uh, it's important for us to get together. So I am thrilled today. I did just kind of a quick head count, and we got about 70 people at, back in church today. Amen. And I've, I've been praying. I've been praying for the Lord to bring everybody back. I know COVID kind of messed stuff up, and, you know, we're getting, we're getting on to the backside of all that mess. So, uh, so it's, it's, uh, if you're watching us today, we love you and hope you're being safe and, and, uh, you know, whatever situation you're in, uh, and, and you know, whether you're working today or, or just, just playing it safe at home or whatever, but I want to encourage you, if you can get back to church, uh, we need you and, and, and you need us, but most of all, we need the Lord. And, and, uh, so, so I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled because prior to COVID, we were consistently getting, we were squeezing about, you know, 80, 90 people in here pretty consistent weekly. And, uh, you know, COVID, COVID kind of shot the wheels off for everybody. Uh, you know, especially, you know, they, they shut church down for a while and, uh, you know, I understand you got to be safe. Not sure why they didn't shut the liquor stores down. If they shut church down, I don't know. Don't get me started, but just saying, <laughs> Not sure why they shut Walmart, didn't shut Walmart down. Folk, hey, folks need Jesus more than they need uh, products from China. Just saying. Preach. Hallelujah, anyhow. Uh, so, anyways, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here. We're, today, we're going to wrap up. Uh, the nine, what we are calling the manifestation gifts. Uh, there's lots of gifts that Paul talks about, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about, uh, and, and he lists them in different locations within his letters, and we're still going to study some of those other ones, but these are kind of the, the nine key, what we would call the manifestation gifts, the way that the Holy Spirit manifests himself in our life. In other words, it, it, to, to manifest means to, to take what's inside and start making it real on the outside, to manifest it out uh, into this realm, from the spiritual realm. Uh, so uh, hopefully, uh, I've, I've gotten really good feedback from it, and so that excites me. If the Holy Spirit has led us to, to talk about these gifts, to shed light on these gifts, that means he intends to utilize them in our life. Uh, and that's exciting because all the gifts really are for is to edify and build up the body of Christ. If you're here and you're a believer in Jesus, you are part of the body of Christ. He is the head, you are the body. 
Uh, it's not, they're not meant to be sensationalized. It becomes a really hot topic. And even what we're going to talk about today becomes almost a, 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 a topic of division or controversy among some believers. And it's because there's been a lot of misunderstanding, uh, a lot of abuse, you know. Uh, it, it's, it saddens me that, that sometimes you'll see believers uh, who God uses via the gifts of the Spirit uh, and, and yet they'll start, you know, kind of building their own little empire or self-marketing or self-promoting. And it's not supposed to be that at all. Uh, it's not supposed to be massively sensationalized and, uh, you know, spotlighted or anything. It's just, it's supposed to be a natural function of the body of Christ. Just like if you, if you were to cut your hand, your body knows exactly what to do to come together, to bring a lot of things together to heal and edify itself, right? That's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. Uh, hey, sometimes we go through things. Sometimes we get wounded. Sometimes we need encouragement. Sometimes we need direction. Well, the Holy Spirit rises up in each one of us to help us aid each other, right? And, and uh, you know, the body doesn't go, ooh, I'm starting to clot this cut because healing's about to take place. Who, no, it just, you know, you cut your hand and a day later you're like, ah, it's clotting. It's doing what it's supposed to do, right? Uh, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. Uh, so we, we've talked about power gifts. We've talked about um, uh, uh, revelation gifts. Matter of fact, last week we talked about the gift of healing, the gifts of healing, right? The gifts of healing. We actually had a healing take place in the house last week, right? Right in our midst, uh, you know. We, we didn't, it, it didn't go via satellite out all over the world, you know. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I have no plans on starting a faith healing ministry, you know. I'm not going to blow on anyone today, I promise. Uh, but but uh, uh, if, if, first of all, we are thrilled to have uh, Karen, if you'll wave your hand over here, uh, and her daughter Alexa. So uh, Alexa is, Alexa's a drummer, and I've been, I've been praying for some drumming help. So I'm going to embarrass her, but I actually got to go uh, jam out on her drum set this week and help her get them all tuned up and then hear her play. And she was rocking it, man. So, so uh, if the Lord happens to lead them here. Hey, Pastor Dave, going to get a little breather here and there, right? So uh, we'll get some of these teenagers up here rocking. Um, but, but Karen, it came, came up right after service. It was their first time. And, and she's got her wonderful family from Mexico City here visiting. So thank you all so much for being here. Uh, Karen came up right after service, and uh, you could tell the left side of her face was not moving. And I'm not a doctor, so I can't necessarily give you a definite diagnosis. But to me, I was thinking, oh, Bell's palsy possibly starting to set in. And she had talked about for days, I've not been able to, it's been numb. She was having to close her eye with her finger. And uh, so she came up, she said, hey, you've been preaching about the gifts of healing today. Can you pray for me? I said, Absolutely. And, and actually, it took place when everyone was putting up chairs and stuff. So there was not, you know, we're not going to make a big show of it. It's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. His power and his provision for us. And so I just joined my faith with her faith. And we prayed and believed. And, and the Lord reminded me that, you know, sometimes healing takes place instantly. Sometimes it's a process. When, when Jesus healed the lepers, uh, the Bible, he said, hey, go show yourself to the priest at the temple and, and offer your healing sacrifice. And uh they, the Bible said, as they went, they were healed. 
you know. So they could have like looked and said, but we still have leprosy. But in faith, they, they just went. As they went, they were healed. So I told her, I said, I'm believing that as the day progresses, you're, you're going to start getting better. Uh, Tuesday, we connected. Uh, she had a doctor's appointment and, and to get checked out. And she said, man, she goes, you're not going to believe it. She said, I started feeling better, started getting you know, movement in my face. By the time I got to the doctor, he checked me out, couldn't find anything wrong. So I, she, and she testified to it. She claimed her healing. Amen. She said, man, I went to church and, and got prayed for and the Lord healed me. And the doctor said, well, then you're in better hands than my hands. You're in his hands. So uh, glory to God. Amen. See that's So the gifts of the spirit are still active in the church today. Uh, now, I'll give, a, I'll give a shot. Any of y'all want your healing today, you can give me a donation of $50. <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee your healing, but I will guarantee y'all have good lunch. So, amen. No. Amen. Uh, but that's what's wonderful is you're, you've got the same Holy Spirit that I have. So, you know, she could go up to, anyone could go up to any of us, and we can all pray together and believe for God to heal, and the Lord will begin to move in our life. I very much believe it. Amen. So let's go to our key verse today. We got a lot of ground to cover and, and uh, uh, a good topic today <laughs> to wrap this up. So, so bear with me. We're going to move fast, but, but bear with me. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, here's our key verse that we've been reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 1, then we're going to hop down to verse 4. Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of the activities, but it is the same God who works in all. Now, Paul was having to establish some order for the church of Corinth. They started experiencing these gifts of the Spirit, started getting a little carried away with it. And started. some of them were kind of boasting in it and, and thinking, man, look at me. Man, I'm getting, whew. I'm being used in, of God in a mighty way. And so Paul's like, okay, everyone just knock it off. Look, look, there's, there's, we all have the same Holy Spirit. And, and God's going to use us differently. The way that I operate in the Spirit is going to be different than the way Howard operates or Ryan operates or Isaac operates. Uh, but it's going to be the same Holy Spirit doing the work, right? And he, and he goes on to say, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Uh, what God did last week uh, in healing Karen was not to boast me up, boast her up, but it was really to edify, first of all, her, and then we were able to give a testimony today, and everyone gets to be encouraged. That's why God uses his, the gifts of the Spirit, is to edify and profit everybody, Okay. Everybody gets to eat. Uh, verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the Spirit. He's listing off all these various gifts. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we, we took those nine gifts that he listed out. We've been, we, did, we stuck them in three categories. 
Uh, we talked about revelation gifts, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Last week, we talked about faith, miracles, gifts of healing. This week, we're going to talk about the inspiration gifts, what we're going to call inspiration gifts. The word inspiration, has anyone ever felt inspired in your life? You know, something, you, you, you encounter something, you're like, oh, the word inspired actually means in spirit. So if you have been inspired, if something, all of a sudden you got a great idea, or uh, if you're artistic and you wound up painting, or, or you know, or you, you came up with a great business plan, and you say, man, I just, I got inspired. Well, that means that the Holy Spirit actually gave, you know, gave you some instruction. You stepped into the spirit for a moment. Uh, that's what inspiration means. So these gifts, if you will, kind of bring out an aha inspiration moment in your life, okay? Everyone relax, because, you know, I know some people have been eyeballing that, oh, man, we're going to be talking about tongues, all this craziness that's going on. Uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to shed some light on some stuff and, and ease, ease people's woes, uh, uh, for some of us, we came from a background that probably uh, put too much stock on it. So we're going to calm some of us down. <laughs> we're we're going to get some of us excited, and we'll all get balanced out here, right? Uh, but thank you all for, first of all, just, just chewing on this stuff with us for the last few weeks, because I know we all come from different church backgrounds. And that's a wonderful, beautiful thing about this community. It's a very diverse community. Well, the church is very diverse. So we're all coming in from various walks of Christianity, we all have uh, different schisms and different things that we've been taught and different confusions and different objections and different things that we embrace, yet the Lord is bringing us all together to help fitly join us together because that's what the body's supposed to do, right? So let's talk about the gift of prophecy. Uh, this is actually oftentimes very misunderstood, the gift of prophecy. If you operate in the gift of prophecy, it does not mean that you operate in the office of a prophet. Uh, in Ephesians, there, there are five ministry offices, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Uh, and they're gifts. There are actually gifts of the Spirit. We're gonna, we'll talk about them in the coming weeks. Uh, when we think of a prophet, oftentimes we think of someone who's foretelling the future. You know, it's one of these guys that gets up and says, Woo, thus saith the Lord, uh, this time next year, you're not even going to be in this building. You're going to be in your own building. So start prepping for it, Right? And people go, ooh, glory to God, we got a prophecy. Well, actually what you got was a word of wisdom. If you remember, two weeks ago we studied about a word of wisdom. Noah got a word of wisdom. Or what we would, in the modern church, we go, ooh, he got a prophecy. God said, hey, it's going to rain. Start building the ark. People said, man, you're crazy. But he got a word of wisdom. In other words, it's, the Lord gave you a game plan and, and some uh, vision and knowledge about some future things to come. So a prophet per se, if he's going to, uh, if the Lord is going to give a prophet or prophetess a word about the future, it would actually be a word of knowledge, okay? The word prophecy, and we, we kind of mix and match them a little bit, the word prophecy actually translates into uh, someone who speaks on behalf of. So technically, if, if I hear from God and I put together a, a sermon to present from you, and it is truly what God wants to talk about that day, then I am giving a word of prophecy. I am speaking on behalf of God, okay? Uh, whether it's me or anyone else who gets up here. It can also be something as simple as you're sitting there and you think all of a sudden you feel that nudge that 
I need to call so-and-so and just encourage them. I think they're going through something. And you have a direct message that you want to give them. And, and they're like, oh, I need it. That's exactly what I needed to hear today. Anyone ever happen, like, happen to uh, operate in that? Or maybe you've been on the receiving side of it. That is a prophetic word or a prophecy. So this is what a prophecy is. It is a supernatural. Now, we're going to use that term a lot today. All that means, you know, it's not, ooh, boo, supernatural. You know, it's, it's, it just means God's going to take your natural ability and put his super or his ability to transcend your natural ability on top of your natural ability. So thus, it's supernatural. He's going to take you beyond what you can naturally do. The supernatural ability to speak on behalf of God, a timely message to edify and comfort fellow believers. So a prophetic word is never going to be to build up a preacher's empire. It's never going to be to shine the spotlight on you where it's like, whew, man, I'm the encourager of this neighborhood. No, it's, it's specifically to edify everybody. So if you're going to prophesy, you're going you're gonna to feed people. You're going to edify people. You're going to build them up. You're going to encourage them, okay? Uh, matter of fact, this is what Paul has to say about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, he spent one chapter talking about all the gifts of the Spirit that, that he wanted to for the church of Corinth. That would be chapter 12. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the what? Anyone know? The love chapter, right? So he's thinking, oh, y'all think that y'all are so awesome because you're using these gifts of the Spirit. Look, I'm going to spend a whole chapter talking about love because that's really what it's all about anyway. Uh, and then he comes back on 14. He says, so let love be your highest goal. As a believer, your highest goal needs to be to learn to love, to love him with everything you have and to love others the way that he would. And I mean, love everybody. Matter of fact, here's, here's, here's a suggestion. You can only not love the people that Jesus didn't die for. Okay? Is that a deal? So if you can find someone that Jesus did not die for, you don't have to love them. I haven't found anyone yet like that. So i got to love everybody. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. So he's saying, you know, it's, yeah, we need to desire to operate in these gifts. Especially, especially. Now, I'm going to pause there because, man, I grew up from the Pentecostal ranks, and we put a ton of stock on the gift of tongues, right? And so we would think, yeah, man, you need to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, especially speaking in tongues. But that's not what Paul says. He says, look, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy or the ability to speak on behalf of God to edify and build up and encourage the body of Christ. If you're going to pray for a gift of the Spirit today, that's the one Paul's saying, man, that's what I would go for first, is the ability to encourage, build up, and build people up, and be a mouthpiece for God. Say, well, I'm not called to preach. You don't have to preach to prophesy. You can be an encourager no matter who you are. Verse 2, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, oh, you'll be, you'll, you'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit. Sure, you're going to speak by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. 
A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Well, that's not a bad thing. We need to be able to strengthen ourselves personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Then he goes on, verse 5, he says, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more. Paul is saying, so for all of us uh, Pentecostal charismatics and all that, the, many of you grew up from that same background, okay? And, and we're not belittling tongues. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about it here in a minute. But more so than anything else, Paul's like, more than anything else, I, want, I, would, I, I wish you could all learn to prophesy, to build people up, to raise them up, to encourage them, to speak on behalf of God. Because that was Paul's heart. It was not to build up individual little ministries so that we could have uh, modern-day Christian rock stars. But it was so that everybody could come to the table of God and get fed that when we get together, whether it's in a church setting, whether it's in a home, whether it's out in the marketplace, that everyone gets a chance to eat and know how special they are and how, how loved they are and be encouraged. That's the whole purpose for all these gifts he's talking about. He, says, uh, he said, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church can be strengthened. So we'll get to that here in a minute, okay? Everyone still with me? So if you're going to learn, if you're going to operate in any gift, the Apostle Paul recommends, he says, man, learn above anything else, learn to be an encourager, to prophesy, to be open. Every time you meet someone, say, Lord, is there anything I need to tell this person? Is there anything I need to lift them up? Is there any way that I need to encourage them? That's a prophetic word. That's, that's prophecy. Say, well, I thought prophecy was telling the future. Well, no, that's a word of wisdom. That's something totally different, Okay. I thank God, he says, that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Because the, the church of Corinth was, was having an issue. They were thinking that they were superior because they were, they were encountering this gift of tongues, right? And, and we, we kind of bump into that sometimes with some denominations. It's like, what, you don't speak in tongues? Are you even sure that you're a Christian? You know, you, you have those extremes, right? And, and he was dealing with that. He goes, look, he goes, whatever, I speak in tongues more than any of you guys. But in a church meeting... When I get to church, he said, I'd rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. That's pretty powerful, you know, because we put a lot of emphasis. The reason why tongues gets a lot of attention is because it's one of the gifts that it's one of the only gifts that, that can be demonstrated outwardly, right? The gift of faith Right? The gift of faith is powerful. But you don't necessarily, there's not really any way, unless you talk about it, that you can project your faith for everybody. Right? If somebody speaks in tongues, well, everybody notices. So it gets a lot of attention. But Paul's saying, hey, look, when we all get together, I'd rather say five words that you can understand that's going to build you up than to, than to say 10,000 words praying in an unknown language. Right? He's not putting down the gift of tongues. He talks about the, uh, the, the benefits of it. But so it would be much more profound if I were to get up and say, I love you very much. And everyone goes, oh, I needed that. <laughs> and then we like closed up and went home. Then if I got up and just, man, gave all kind of prayers and tongues and everything else, everyone's like, well, Dave's getting blessed. <laughs> not so much that, you know, we didn't get anything out of it, but man, Dave had church. Why? Well, because he said, if you speak in tongues, you strengthen yourself, you know? Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you need to strengthen yourself. 
But when we get together, it's about feeding everybody, right? Everybody gets to eat. Everybody gets to participate, right? So that would be the gift of prophecy. Now, the moment some of you have been dreading. And then the moment some of y'all have been dying for. <laughs> Diverse tongues. Diverse tongues. It, it, I, for whatever reason, it has become one of the most controversial, divisive subjects amongst a lot of churches. And everyone just needs to knock it off and love each other, okay? <laughs> so, so this is... This is uh, 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 well, first of all, first of all, let's kind of go back to the gift of prophecy. Let's, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, there's, a, there's a, some of you may have, him and his wife have lived in the neighborhood for a year. Uh, just this week, uh, I get a call from a gentleman named uh, Bill uh, uh, Bayou. Bayou, I think is how he pronounces his name. Uh, he's come to the men's Bible study. Um, and he's Cajun, so I'm not sure exactly. It's Bayou, Bayou, something like that. Uh, but wonderful man, he said, hey, can... Do you have time? He attends another fellowship, but he goes, I just, I want to connect. I want to start connecting with believers in the neighborhood. So, sure, come on over, have some coffee. So him and his wife came over. And we just, for, for about an hour, we fellowshiped. But for about 45 seconds, he just kind of stopped. He goes, you know, he said, because we prayed together. And he goes, I just, I just want you to know, I, I feel really impressed by God. And, and he, for about 45 seconds, he said some of the most encouraging things to me. And, and by the time he was done, I was sitting up straighter. And man, it was like, you know. A tall glass of iced tea on a hot day, man. It just, it was exactly what I needed. Well, what did he do? He just prophesied at my house. The gift of the Spirit, the gift of prophecy took place at my table. It was not showy. It was not, it was just a natural thing. The Holy Spirit wants to naturally live with you and empower you to do this, these kind of things, right? So that, that's, that, that would be a good example of a prophetic gift. Or have you ever tuned into a preacher or a minister or you showed up at church and, and someone got up and preached and you said, oh, that's exactly what I needed. That was a prophetic word into your life, okay? It built you up and encouraged you. The gift of tongues, gift of tongues, the supernatural, that means God's going to put his super on your natural, supernatural ability to speak, pray, or sing. Yeah, Paul talks about this, speak, pray, or sing in unknown languages for the purpose of intercession, self-encouragement, and a sign for unbelievers. Tongues is actually not a sign for believers, but it is a sign for unbelievers. Say, well, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, we'll get to it and we'll explain it, okay? Uh, there, there are some examples. Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, we, we studied about that. They spoke in tongues. There were 16 different languages that were identified that day. And all these people heard and said, they're... they're they're preaching about the gospel, this good news in our language, you know? And so, so that took place when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the uh, day of Pentecost. We also see another example. There's multiple examples, but these are two. Acts chapter 10 at Cornelius's house, who was a, uh, a Gentile. The Holy Spirit was poured out at Cornelius's house. Uh, and that was the first time that the Gentiles received, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Jews that were there, Peter and all of his guys knew what was taking place because they said that they were all speaking in tongues. And at that point they said, man, the same Holy Spirit got poured out on these guys. Is there, you know, that would be, you know, they were taught that these people were dogs and yet God honored them with this, right? So, so they wound up baptizing everybody and thus we all get to have church because of that moment. Um, so let's see what Paul has to say. Well, first of all, for, the, for people that are like, man, it just sounds like a bunch of jabbering. It's the craziest thing in the world. It sounds like a bunch of jabbering. Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, actually references this passage in 1 Corinthians. He says, 
For with stammering or jabbering lips <laughs> and another tongue, he will speak to his people. So, so they were talking about this all the way back uh, in the old, the old Testament in Isaiah's time, okay? Why tongues? Why tongues? Why would God even, what kind of crazy gift is that? It makes people look ridiculous. They sound ridiculous. What would be the purpose for tongues? Well, this is one of them, and it's a powerful principle, okay? Everyone still with me? I know we're going through a lot of scripture, but I just want to root you in the word of God when it comes to these gifts. And then we're going to, we're, we're going to talk about how we're not going to be abusive of the gifts, but we're going to still let them flow here in this, in this fellowship, uh, but, but we'll do it in a way that will honor the Lord. James chapter 3 tells us a very powerful uh, concept that has to do with the tongue, right? And, and if, if it works in one way, it'll work on the flip side. If it works in a bad way, it works in a good way, okay? James chapter 3, verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, so if you can control your tongue, look what, look what you could do. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. That means whole, lacking nothing. And could also control ourselves in every other area. So if you want to be able to control yourself in life, what's the quickest way to do it? With your tongue. Sometimes it is shut up. Yeah, that's right, Howard. <laughs> or maybe you just need to start speaking some better things about yourself and your situations, right? Sometimes it's the way that you approach things. You know, Jesus said when you face a mountain, you speak to the mountain. You don't go whine about the mountain. You don't go complain about the mountain. You don't cry about the mountain. You speak to the mountain, right? So, so he says, verse 3, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. So you can control a horse just by sticking something right in there with his tongue, right? Then he goes on to say, a small rudder, those of you who are part of the sailing center will know this, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So you can even make your life, no matter how the winds of trouble are blowing in your life, you can make your life go a specific direction if you can get a hold of your tongue, right? That's what, that's what James talks about. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. And how many revolutions have been started by one little speech, one little tongue? But a tiny spark can set a great force on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Now, James is talking about some negative things that can happen if you misuse your tongue. But the concept that your whole world, your whole life, every part of you can ultimately be controlled if you can get a hold of your tongue. Well, it would make sense that if the Holy Spirit wants to lead your life, if you are going to be spirit-led, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will work is to get a hold of your tongue. Say, so, well, what, so what purpose does it, have you ever been in a spot where you needed to pray and you just didn't even know how to pray? That just your whole world is on fire and you're like, Lord, I don't even know what to say. I don't even, I need, I need to talk to you. I, where do I even start? You know, look what the Holy Spirit does. Romans 8, 26, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, 
We don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. You know, some, sometimes, and I've talked to some of you, you've, you've been in a spot where sometimes all you can do is just wail out. Your neighbors are like, what in the world's going on over there? Or you, sometimes it's because you don't even know what to pray and the Holy Spirit just rises up. And, and, and so there's a gift of tongues. Sometimes, sometimes tongues, this, this will, you will see people, sometimes they will speak in an earthly language that they don't understand, that they've never spoken before. Uh, uh, that happened one time with my mom. I was in a prayer meeting. My mom, who was not, not normally demonstrative, and I, I never, you know, there wasn't that many times that I necessarily saw her speaking tongues, but she began to pray, and she prayed in this language. I just thought, oh, she's speaking in tongues. And there was a lady from Sierra Leone, Africa, that was there. Now, they speak French and English, but then they also have a native dialect. She looked at my mom afterwards, and she said, when did you learn my native dialect? And my mom said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, I've, I've had a specific need. I've been praying and waiting on a word from God. And you prayed. You gave me a word straight from God. And she began to tell my mom what she had said. That's, that's some pretty powerful stuff. You know, uh, and it was a sign. We're going to learn here in a minute. It's a sign for unbelief. This woman, now she was a believer in Christ, but she wasn't having faith for this situation. So technically, she was an unbeliever. Well, that the tongues became a sign for the unbeliever, right? To to edify. First uh, Corinthians fourteen four. We already read this, but a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Okay. Now, uh, we have people here within the congregation that you have operated in this gift. We've talked about it. Uh, you will know that there are times what, you know, when, when I went through, uh, you know, my, my personal nuclear blast in life and first, you know, finally settled into my own townhouse and uh, was alone finally, right? Uh, and, and many of you came and loved me and set the place up, all that stuff. But when I was finally alone, and I could deal with the pain that I was going through at that time. There were times I couldn't even, I didn't even know what to pray. And I would just sit in his presence and weep. And there were times that I would begin to pray in tongues. And there's something about when you, if that's a gift that you operate in, that it, it, it encur- there's an encouraging, there's a, there's a building up. And sometimes the Lord would have me do that to build myself up so I could get up here and still keep preaching to edify you guys, <laughs> you know? Uh, now, again, it, it would do no good for me to come here and just get into the spirit and begin to pray in tongues over you guys and then say, "Woo, glory, let's go home, <laughs> you know, because you guys are going to be like, I didn't get a thing out of that. I'm glad you had church day, but we didn't get anything out of it. That's so, so the, the gift of tongues is not the purpose is not to show up together and impress each other because, "Woo, I'm spiritual. Look at me. I'm speaking in tongues. No, that's not it at all. Some of the most spiritual people and most powerful Christians I have ever met in my life that have poured into me have never once spoken in tongues in their life. That's not been a gift that they've operated in, okay? Yet the Lord, they've operated in other gifts that have poured into my life, okay? So, so for those of you who speak in tongues or if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean that either one is spiritually superior to the other one. It just means, as Paul said, there is a diversity of gifts and everyone's going to operate in them differently, but it is real. It takes place. Uh, JJ, would you feel still comfortable sharing your story? All right. JJ's got a very cool example that I chatted with him about. 
uh, that he's, he's going to share with you. So just so you know, I'm not the only weird one on stage, okay? <laughs> Check out this crazy thing. Is this on? All right. Um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, we went uh, back in, when was it, 2004? Um, my family, we were in the Marines, and we left for uh, North Africa to go to the mission field. And, um, you know, when every time God starts to do something new, um, a lot of times he'll, like, pack a whole bunch of miracles in there to make everybody aware that this is what he's going to do. So if you look at, uh, like, the time leading up to Moses, there wasn't a whole lot of miracles happening. And then all of a sudden, when Moses shows up, God starts doing tons of miracles, right? Just one after the other. And then after Joshua, there was another like dry spell, right? The time of the Kings. And if you look at uh, the beginning of, of the book of first Samuel, um, it, the, the Bible actually says that uh, not many people saw visions at that time. So God was just I don't know why, um, but he just hadn't shown himself in that way. And we have the time of the prophets where God really starts showing miracles again because he's getting ready to do something new. And what he's doing is announcing the Messiah. And then when Christ shows up, right? Now there's like, everybody's doing miracles. Christ does all these miracles. The people, the disciples that follow him are doing miracles. God's doing something different. Well. When, um, you know, all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid was be a Marine. That was it, period. And uh, when God got ready to do something different with my life, um, he had to show me some things. And he did, in my life, he did this, like, series of miracles. And it was because I was going to need that faith later. I didn't know it, but <laughs> I was. So um, it became very, very clear that God had called us out of the Marines. And um, that, that took a, a ton of faith uh, during this process of us surrendering to, to whatever God wanted us to do, wherever he wanted us to go. Um, we, we were at that time teaching the young adult in a college age group at our church. And um, I met up, we would do a Saturday night thing at this coffee shop. And there, there was this uh, like Pentecostal couple that ran it. And um, one night after I finished teaching, we finished having our, our time, um, I stayed there and I went to ask them something. And uh, Ralph and Cheryl, Ralph and Cheryl says, they had these like big strange grins on their face and they said, we know why you're here. And I'm like, uh, you do? <laughs> and they, they said, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna receive the gift, uh, the gift of tongues. And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> Like, look, I was raised Southern Baptist and, you know, we got the whole church supporting us to go overseas. And if I start going, doing kooky things like that, it's like all over. And, uh, but they were like, nope, it's going to happen. So we prayed together and, and that happened to me. I was praying and all of a sudden I was like praying in tongues. And to be honest with you, I was terrified of that. Um, I knew it was God, but there was still a whole bunch of 
man, I don't, I don't want any of my friends to know this, right? So I'm driving home. Kate had already gone home. And uh, I'm about halfway home. And this language just starts coming out. And there, there was like nothing I could do about it. And uh, so I parked in the, in the driveway and I just waited there. I'm like, I'm going to wait until it stops so I can go inside. <laughs> and, uh, and it didn't. So I finally just, I'm like, well, okay, maybe Kate's, maybe Kate's asleep. And it was like 11 o'clock at night now. For, so I went inside and I was still doing this. And, uh, and Kate was there and she's like, what? <laughs> but you know, in, in my heart, I decided that this is private. This is that nobody, this is between me and God. And God is like, no, you're going to let people know this. And you're going to let Kate know this. And so he just, he made it happen. Um, fast forward uh, a little bit, we went on to our, you know, we went through a period of time where, like, I didn't know when this was going to happen or not, and I was teaching a lot in our church, and it was a little bit like, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. So um, anyway, we go, we go overseas to North Africa on our, our first um, vision trip out there, and uh, there's, a, there's a translator that we're meeting up with. So everybody speaks Arabic and French. Um, I had studied a little bit of Arabic, uh, just trying to start getting ready. Um, but I was, you know, I just knew a few things. Um, so we went out to visit to the farm to visit this guy. You know, these are all Muslims. It said, they, they say they're, in this country, there are no Christians. It's only Muslims. If you're, if you're Christian, you're a foreigner. And... Um, we went out to their, to their farm and, uh, and he has, they have this grape orchard. And I asked, uh, we collectively, the team said, hey, do you mind if we, if we pl- pray over your orchard and ask God to bless your harvest? And he's like, sure, fine. And um, so we were out there praying and um, you know, God speaks, starts speaking through me in this language that I didn't know. And um, Hussein knew he heard and he knew so that you know when the Bible says that you you speak so that other people can hear I mean that that was what there, there was multiple purposes behind what God was doing in my life one was to force me to believe when I didn't the other one was to to give this message and I I didn't want to take a ton of time but I got a really this was something else that happened um, when Kate, and this is the, that gift of prophecy, and it, this doesn't happen to me, all right? I don't go around like prophesying or whatever. Um, before we left, like the day before we were leaving, getting on a plane the next day, and, uh, and I told Kate, I, I woke up in the morning, I said, I had this dream. So remember, we're heading to a fully uh, Muslim country. It's 2004, it's three years after 9-11. Uh, we, had, we were fully deployed in Afghanistan, which was my job in the Marines, was to get it. The Marines moved over there. And um, so I told Kate, here's, here's what was in the dream. Uh, we're in this town, and the, there's this tall, white tower in the town. It's the biggest, like, in this tower is the tallest place in the whole city. And you, from the top of the tower, you can see everything. And, um, and I've I felt like God was telling me, go to the top of the tower and pray over the city. And so when I went 
to the building that the tower was attached to. Um, I tried to open the door, I couldn't get in. I had to go over to another building adjacent, knock on the door, get somebody to come open the door for me with keys. And then I went in and there was this spiral staircase up, 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 climb, 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 all the way to the top of the tower. And when I got up there, I could see the whole city and I just prayed over the city. And uh, so that was the dream, right? So I went, um, I told Kate this, Kate got really mad at me because she's like, you know that the tallest building in every uh, Islamic city is the mosque. And uh, you know, this is our vision trip and you're gonna get thrown in prison like the first day. She's like, do not. So anyway, we went out there. I'm like, look, I'm just telling you what the dream was. <laughs> so we, we get out there and we're staying in an, an apartment um, for, I don't know how long we were there, a week or something. And um, we had plans to go visit another city this one morning. I got up early, I went on the little balcony and, and was praying and we'd been looking forward to go visit this other site. And uh, I just felt like God was uh, telling me, you're not gonna do that today. You're not going on this little road trip. And so uh, I'm like, oh boy, now I gotta break the news to Kate because I know she'd been looking forward to this. So I, I opened the little sliding door to the, the bedroom and, and Kate was already awake and she said, hey, we're not going on that trip today. And I'm like, whew. <laughs> She's like, I don't know why, we're just not. And I'm like, okay, good, because uh, we're both getting the same message. So um, I went with one of my friends, we were gonna go for a run, because I was, you know, at that time, pretty physically fit and stayed running all the time. And so we went on this run, and as we were running, we, we saw, guess what? Tall tower, the tallest tower in the whole city. And it was white, and it looked a little bit like the dream. Um, but guess what it was? It was not a mosque, it was a lighthouse. And uh, I didn't put two and two together immediately. But I, I said to, to Mike, I, my guy I was jogging with, I said, hey, let's go check out the lighthouse. So we go over to the lighthouse and uh, I go in and the, there's this like wooden door and it's locked and I knock on it and nobody's there. So I have to go over to this little adjacent building, knock on the door, some guy comes out, gets the keys, comes over, opens the door for us, up, 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 up the tower, all the way to the top. And we got up there and it, just the whole city laid out over us. And went around that thing, we marched around like the walls of Jericho and prayed over that city from the top of that tower. So God does these things, you know, whether you, whether you believe it or not, God's reality does not depend on you believing in him. <laughs> we are contingent on him. He is not contingent on us. Amen. Isn't that awesome? 
And that's the way it is. That's the way it's supposed to work. He's, you know, and JJ's not up, you know, he, he doesn't have his own personal, you know, dial this 800 number or whatever, you know. He's not trying to be the next Christian psychic. He's just letting the Holy Spirit work through him, okay? Uh, if y'all saying, oh, we have now just officially become a holy rolling church, man, we're, you know, all that type of stuff. No, we are, we are who we are, and we're just going to let the Lord do his thing. And when the gifts of the Spirit, we're, we're not going to squelch them, but at the same time, when we do utilize them, it will be for the sake of edifying everybody and building everyone up, okay? If, if it's not accomplishing that, well, then we're, we're not doing it right. I'll just say that right now, okay? So we're going we're gonna to go through this. I know we're, we're pressing on. Uh, and JJ, you did fantastic. Don't apologize for uh, any, uh, any time that you took. It was needed. It was needed. Uh, first of all, it says, uh, so you see the speaking of tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Just like what happened with JJ, he's praying over this Muslims guy, his field, and he winds up speaking in Arabic. And the, and the, the, the Muslim's like, what did you just say? And if, if I remember the story right, you were speaking praises and <laughs> glorifying God. Because Jesus like, I don't know what I said, you know. But it, but it was for this unbeliever. So, right? Uh, and so this brings us to interpreting tongues. This is, how, this is how tongues is a sign for believers. If it can be interpreted. Because all, and I've seen it happen in church services and gatherings before. If there's a specific unbeliever, maybe they're in the valley of decision. They've not, you know, they've been fighting the pull of God, you know, to give their heart. And somebody in the in the course of the service, when this happens, usually you'll hear someone begin to speak in tongues, and there's so, there's just a presence that takes place that that you know that this is not out of order. It's just everyone knows, and everyone kind of quiets down. That the 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 message is given. And then the Lord moves on somebody else and gives a, an interpretation of that tongues, which is this, the interpreting of tongues, the supernatural ability to translate unknown languages for the purpose of edifying the body of Christ or as a sign to unbelievers, okay? So, so now this is where tongues becomes, goes from just being something that edifies yourself to being able to edify others, which is really the true reason for the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, someone will give an interpretation of tongues, and I've seen it to where you know, this person wound up reading the, the guy's mail, you know, where the guy's like, okay, nobody would have known that about me. And so, yeah, God's, God's got a spotlight on me. I need to go get right with the Lord, you know. Or, or perhaps the congregation is going through some challenges, and then God gives an incredible word through the interpretation that is specifically for the whole congregation that everyone's edified, okay. Uh, you know, will that take place here? I don't know. It's up to the Holy Spirit. This is not things that we conjure up, okay? This is just, if the, however the Holy Spirit moves, we're just going to show up and have church and, and try to edify, and we're just going to, you know, we're going to keep doing what we've always done, right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.5, I wish you could all speak in tongues. We're going to go back to this. But even more, I wish you could prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church can be strengthened. So anyone who speaks in tongues... If you hop down to verse 13, should pray also for the ability to interpret what he has said, what has been said. He said, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. So those of you who have the gift of tongues, that you pray in tongues, I'm going to say this, pray for the ability to interpret. If, if and when that takes place within my own personal prayer time, I'll specifically ask, God, what are you having me pray about, you know? Uh, I was praying for a couple just the other week, and, and th there was a need. I said, Lord, I don't even know what to pray. I began to pray. He had me pray in tongues. And then all of a sudden, it's as if I, I realized, oh, this is, what, this is the direction we're praying. And I began to pray in English, okay? 
Uh, so this is what Paul says. For I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? He said, I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words. I will, uh, words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? Okay? So here, when we're doing praise and worship here, we're all together and we're lifting up the Lord. If, if that happens to be a gift you operate in and you begin to praise and you, you, you find yourself speaking in tongues a little bit. Okay? Well, wonderful. You're getting edified. But don't just spend the whole service doing that. In other words... Praise him in English. Why? Because you want to encourage everybody else around you. If, so people can go, oh, he's getting set free. Hey, I'll praise him too, you know? Uh, that, because that's the purpose we all come together. Not to show off on something, but to edify each person. He says, for if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're, do, what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well but it won't strengthen the people who hear you, okay? Because it's all about love. That's what he said at the start. He said, you, you need to strive to learn to love. Like, you know, that's your number one goal. Well, love isn't love until you actually start giving it away, right? <laughs> you have, love is a verb. So if you're, you're being, it would do no good for me to make a big old thing of gumbo and bring it up here and then just eat the whole thing in front of you, you know, right? You know, you want to bless everyone else. Well, in order to bless everyone else, you got to be able to communicate. Well, most of us here speak English. So that's going to be the primary way that God communicates his goodness and his love and his purpose, okay? In our hearts is in a way that we can all understand, okay? Uh, so just to show you, instructions for our gatherings. This is coming straight from the Apostle Paul. We're going to rush through this. I know some of y'all are like checking your, you know, watch and stuff because you're like, man, we got we to beat the Baptist to Denny's or whatever, right? <laughs> Hallelujah, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so this, this came from the Apostle Paul because, like I said, the, the church at Corinth was apparently getting a little bit ridiculous. And so he, he goes to establish order, okay? Now, we are not going to get legalistic and try to follow this, you know, every line of this and, and you know, cross every T and all that because we already don't do it in the way that we do church anyway in the modern day, okay? Uh, but it's a good general guideline and mindset. And also to make y'all relax, those of you who are like, what kind of church have I just stepped into now? You know, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get you to relax. First Corinthians 14, starting with 26. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. <laughs> Please summarize for us, Paul. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach. What is he doing? He's establishing order. So that, you know, we're, there's just not chaos and confusion going on. Another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is being said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you, okay? That's our mindset moving forward for anything that takes place at Gathering Church, okay? Whether it's a simple service like we normally do, or whether the Holy Spirit chooses to move in a particular way, it's all well and good. We're going to trust him, but the goal is so that we can all be blessed. If for some reason you are doing something and it is causing confusion, that's not of God. God is not the author of confusion, right? 
So, so if you're praising him or whatever you're praying, and, and you, you, I'm not going to tell you not to speak in tongues if that's a gift that you have. Go ahead and do it. But if it's becoming a disturbance or, or confusing those around you, be wise. Use wisdom, okay? On the flip side, if you're saying, hey, man, the, the guy sent my eye and kind of spoke in tongues this week kind of weirded me out a little bit. Well, use wisdom. Next week, maybe sit someplace else, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Let's, hey, we all got to live together, right? We all got to get along uh, and, 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 and love each other, right? It ain't going to hurt nobody for nothing. So, so he says, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. What he's, he's trying to calm them all down with this particular gift. He says, they must speak at one, one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one, and get this, man, I'm, I'm about to... I'm about to hack off all of my relatives, right? All my sweet Pentecostal relatives who I love. But check this out. <laughs> he says, but if no one, he's talking about when we all get together, right? But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately, right? So in other words, nobody gets super demonstrative unless you realize God's doing something and for sure, there's somebody who's got the gift of interpretation so that everyone can be blessed. Otherwise, you're going to speak in tongues really loud and everyone's going to look at you really weird because nothing's going to happen, right? So, uh, that makes sense to everyone? Everyone good? Everyone still love me? <laughs> Say, everyone can breathe a big sigh. Whoo, we got through a lesson on tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And we all still love each other, and God's still on his throne. Right? Let's all stand. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited because the Holy Spirit is up to something. He is moving and doing some incredible things in the lives of the people here in the church. Thank you guys for letting us go a little bit over today. Uh, man, I'll be glad when the day comes that we have our own building. We don't have to worry about, like, getting out of here, you know. Uh, and we can kind of take our time a little bit. But in the meantime, praise God for what he's provided now. I love each one of you. Let me pray over you real quick. And we're going to sing one more song because he is worthy. He is amazing. And uh, he can be mind-blowing if you will allow him to be, okay? Father, I thank you for all those who are here today, gathered together to praise you, to lift you up. Thank you for your word. Thank you for guiding us through uh, the teaching that the great apostle Paul gave us. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to just manifest in everyone's life. Teach us to move and operate in your gifts, to edify each other, to build each other up, to love each other, and also to be incredible witnesses to all those who are within our community and our greater community and all throughout the world so that we can show folks your love and we can just reflect your love right to everybody we meet, no matter what walk of life they come from. Lord, we're just going to love those that you died for. And so far, I think you've died for everybody. So we just praise you today and we give you all glory. In Jesus' name, amen.